money gray, say his name. Get money gray, say his name. Get money gray, won't you say his name? John Crawford, say his name. John Crawford, say his name. John Crawford, say his name. John Crawford, won't you say his name? Michael Brown, say his name. Michael Brown, say his name. Michael Brown, say his name. Michael Brown, won't you say his name? Say his name. 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 Won't you say his name? WTCC, good morning and welcome to the Spoken Word. I'm your host, Bishop Talbert Swam II, and as usual, we'll be telling it like it is through cultural idioms and nuances that shape the order, ethos, and chaos of the African-American experience. Words have their own vitality. They shape their own consciousness and create their own context. For interpreting social and spiritual reality, the spoken word contains the power to reshape the landscape of society. Six minutes. Six minutes, Dougie Fresh, you're on. No, six minutes past the hour of 9 a.m. I want to thank Mr. Kenneth Barnett for bringing us up until the 9 o'clock hour with The Promise. You can hear The Promise every Monday morning from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., bringing you the best in gospel music. Good way to start out your Monday morning. Great way to start out your week. And uh, this is MLK Week. So let me off the cuff uh, give you some of the announcements of what's happening uh, in terms of MLK uh, celebrations that are going on this week. On Wednesday, uh, two days at 11 o'clock a.m., 
which is MLK's actual birthday, the 15th. Um, the Greater Springfield NAACP will have its annual MLK ceremony and flag raising at City Hall. City Hall, room 220, 11 a.m. We'll have our MLK ceremony, and then we'll go out and we'll raise the MLK flag above City Hall. That's happening at on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Then later that evening, the Pastors Council of Greater Springfield will hold its annual MLK service at St. John's Congregational Church, 45 Hancock Street. Uh, the keynote speaker for that event will be the Bishop J. Lewis Felton out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, he is the um, first vice president of the Philadelphia NAACP, uh, but a great preacher uh, in his own right. Uh, he'll be the guest there. Then on Saturday morning um, will be the annual MLK breakfast by Wesley United Methodist Church. Uh, so check that out. They still have tickets available. Um, so that breakfast is going on on Saturday morning. Then Saturday evening is the annual uh, Brianna Fun benefit concert. So there's all kinds of things going on this week in celebration of um, that great uh, black prophet, uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, so you want to stay tuned for all of those things that are going on. Um, you know, oftentimes, you know, people complain and they say, well, you know, ain't nothing going on in Springfield. There's a lot of stuff going on. You just got to, you know, tune into it and be aware of it and stay on top of it. But there's a whole lot of things that are going on in Springfield. So, um, definitely check them out. And then um, save the date. Save the date. You don't want to miss next month our 10th annual. It's hard to believe that I've been doing this lecture series for now 10 years. You know, every year I say it's my last year, and, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what the Lord has after this. Uh, but this is the 10th year. Um, next month during Black History Month, we've got three dynamic lectures, three world-renowned people that are coming to Springfield. Now, listen. When these, the caliber of the speakers we're bringing come to Springfield, you all need to show up and support. Because, you know, often we always, once again, we always talk about what's not happening here in Springfield. Then when great things happen, you all want to stay home. I remember, I told somebody this the other day, I remember some years ago, um, Western New England uh, College at the time, it's university now, brought the great black poet, author, Nikki Giovanni, um, here, my wife and I went to see it, um, and we looked across the room, and there were about four black people in the entire room. This was Nikki Giovanni, and y'all stayed home. It was free and open to the public. Black folks stayed home for Nikki Giovanni. Black folks have stayed home for Dick Gregory and so many other people that that we have brought here to Springfield. I, I I just I'm I'm weary of hearing y'all complain about what's not happening here when there are a lot of great things that are happening here and you need to come out and support something other than Beyonce and Jay Z, you know, other than concerts and parties. Okay, so in any case, I say all that to say uh, our Lift Every Voice lecture series happening in February. On February fourth, we got Karen Hunter. 
Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, uh, syndicated talk show host on Sirius XM. Um, we brought her last year. She was so good. We're bringing her back this year. She's going to be here on February 4th. On February 13th, the Reverend Dr. Cornell William Brooks, um, civil rights activist, former national president of the NAACP, and now a uh, professor at Harvard uh, University. He is going to be our speaker on the 13th. And then on February 18th, Sean King, uh, journalist, uh, civil rights activist, um, just about uh, everything that, that surrounds justice in the African-American community. Um, we go to Sean King to get the pulse of what's happening. He's going to be in town on February 18th. So three dynamic lectures. They're all happening at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ, 35 Alden Street, the Brick Church, right there uh, at Six Corners. So you want to be there. You want to be present. A lot of good stuff happening in the city of Springfield. All right, so this morning uh, I'm going to deal with a couple things. First of all, um, the, the president, vice president, all kinds of other people um, have chimed in and lending their support to the protesters in Iran. And I'm going to talk about the American hypocrisy on the human rights abuse. How dare America raise its voice to talk about human rights abuse in other countries when it's not dealing with human rights abuses right here in America. How dare politicians who had the unmitigated gall to complain about peaceful protests by black athletes taking a knee, but you all of a sudden supporting protesters in Iran when you couldn't support peaceful protests right here in America. So we're going to talk about that hypocrisy. We're going to talk about white standards of beauty. I sent something out the other day talking about the beauty of black women and white folks lost their minds. It was like, no, all women are beautiful. <laughs> you know, I mean, I said black women are beautiful. All women are beautiful. Now, we done had white standards of beauty for 400 years. A brother comes out his face and says black women are beautiful and they lose their minds. And if we have time, we'll get into that anti-Semitism executive order. Uh, by Trump and how it actually promotes white supremacy and not anti-Semitism. All right. Tell somebody the bishop is on the air. I'm streaming live on all platforms. I got Instagram going. I got Facebook going. I got Twitter going. We'll be live on YouTube momentarily. Uh, also streaming live WTCCFM.org. Also HopeRadio1.org. All kinds of ways you can listen in, stream in, watch. Uh, give us a call at 413 413- Seven three six two seven eight one. All right, to connect me to you, if you want to chime in on the discussion, stay with us. We'll be right back. Brothers that passed, but more particularly one because it affected me drastically. I remember my sister gave me the call and I was in awe. Matter of fact, it felt the farthest from reality. She seen somebody post our IP with his name and I said I doubt it's the same friend I had since the seventh grade. 
She said, I'ma call her sister and double check and call me back. Said he hanged himself in his room and had been there for days. Initially, it didn't hit me, then it clicked. And I remember that I hadn't seen or heard from the homie all week. Wish he had told me what had him feeling lonely and weak. I guess everybody got demons we don't even speak of. Cause I was with him exactly a week before the call. Just under 20, he couldn't even purchase alcohol. My best friend for like six or seven years. I'm not ashamed to say I shed plenty tears, but it was hard. He was somebody I had plenty memories with. The first person I ever burned any trees with. The worst feeling is knowing that you would leave us in all this grievance without a reason. One of the first people to ever believe in me when it came down to it. You knew you could call me if you needed me. Cause that information I wouldn't have ever imagined. It's sad thinking about it. I ain't happy that it happened, but it made me. There was plenty times when I thought that it would drive me crazy. But looking back on it, now I see all the drive that it gave me. I learned more about why I am who I am on the daily. I know it may sound crazy, but I'm glad that it made me. Yeah, was born the son of a pastor. He was who I was named after. Matter of fact, I even got some of his characteristics. Both of us got messages for the people. I just do mine with rhythm on beat. He do his on a pulpit with scriptures. Well connected, respected in the community. Ever since I was little, I felt like there was some pressure on me. It started off with little stuff like when my folk brought us to church and then they forced us to get up and say a testimony. Getting older, had to watch how I acted in public. Cause people wouldn't hesitate to put that in discussion. Chatting like, isn't that the pastor's kid? I'm like, yeah, that's me. But please don't expect me to be exactly like my daddy. Don't discredit my family for how I am I'm not a little kid no more, I'm now a man and I ain't pointing fingers I'm not trying to do no blaming at all when it comes to how I came up I wouldn't change it at all because it made me there was plenty times when I thought that it would drive me crazy but looking back on it now I see all the drive that it gave me I learned more about why I am who I am on the may sound crazy, but I'm glad that it made me, yeah, glad that it made me, yeah, glad that it made me, looking back on it, now I see all the drive that it gave me, so I'm glad that it made me, yeah, made me, yeah, it made me. confront the powers that be. That's why we fight against those who want to limit uh, who and how we can vote. That's why we fight against stand your ground laws. That's why we fight for our children because we need for them to know whose they are and what they can become. And whenever you confront those in power, don't miss this. All of a sudden, they label you a troublemaker. <laughs> Troublemaker. You're not that preacher that shows up when we call, says what we want you to say, endorses what we want you to endorse, 
you always out there making trouble? Why you got to be a bomb thrower? Because some stuff need to be blown up. Well, why, 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 why you got to be a race hustler? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Why are you playing the race card, Brother Swan? Well, you made up the game. You put the race card in the deck. You've been playing the race card for 400 years. Then you get mad when we learn the game. Swan, stop that Black Lives Matter, so all lives matter. Well, 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 we never said only Black Lives Matter, but we were never confused about whether or not you thought white lives matter. We know you thought white lives matter when you committed genocide against Native Americans and took their land. We know you thought white lives mattered when you enslaved Africans. We know you thought white lives mattered when you lynched black people and segregated them. We know you thought white lives mattered when you went across the world colonizing other folk. We know you thought white lives mattered when you allowed water to be poisoned in black communities. We know you thought white lives matter, but how come you never said all lives matter until we said black lives? So when you go off code, when you won't rubber stamp their agenda, when you speak outside of the prescribed narrative, they label you a troublemaker. My thing is this, if you're going to be a troublemaker, be a troublemaker for the Lord. Brother, you know you flat, right? You know you flat? I'm getting ready to go home, y'all. If you're going to be a troublemaker, be a troublemaker for the Lord. Because watch this, watch this. This is my final point. Watch this. God always makes sure that the troublemakers have more power than the title holders. Y'all didn't catch that yet because y'all didn't shout right there. That, that was the shouting point right there. I, I said, God always makes sure that the troublemakers have more power than the title holders. You don't believe me, do you? Huh? Well, F.W. DeClerc was the title holder. But Mandela and Desmond Tutu were the troublemakers. The Portuguese were the title holders. But Queen Nzinga was the troublemaker. You do know that Pharaoh was the title holder. But a black man named Moses 
troublemaker. Zedekiah was the title holder. But Jeremiah was the troublemaker. Jerome was the title holder. But Brother Amos was the troublemaker. You do know that Eisenhower was the title holder. But Adam Clayton Powell was the troublemaker. You do know that Roosevelt was the title holder. But a bad sister named Mary McLeod Bassoon was the troublemaker. You do know that Lyndon Baines Johnson was the title holder. But Martin Luther King Jr. was the troublemaker. I gotta leave here, Brother Bell. But y'all do know that Pilate was the title holder. But Jesus was the troublemaker. And Jesus said, you can't kill me. No man take my life. But I lay it down. And if I lay it down on Friday, I'll be back on Sunday to pick it back up again. He was the troublemaker. He forgave his haters. He was a troublemaker till they put him in the tomb. But the book says when he died, he made trouble because the sun stopped shining. Blessed man, when he died, the grave gave up a dead. He was a troublemaker. Blessed night, when he died, the moon was dipped in blood. But early, I gotta get out of here. I said early, one Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. So as I leave here, can I give you the next beatitude? Blessed are the troublemakers. Blessed are those who demand justice. For Tatiana Jefferson, for Jackie Craig, for Henry Newsom, for Gregory Adams. Blessed are the troublemakers who say black lives matter. Blessed are the troublemakers who can't be bought, who can't be sold, who can't be compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. Blessed are the troublemakers who won't flinch in the face of adversity, hesitate in the presence of trouble, or negotiate at the table of the enemy or meander in a maze of mediocrity. Blessed are those who won't shut up, let up, slow up, give up until they stood up, prayed up, paid up, spoken up for the cause of Christ. Blessed are 
other troublemakers. Do I have any troublemakers in Fort Worth, Texas? Do I have anybody in the building that'll say no justice, no peace, no justice, no rest, no justice, no peace? We're gonna make trouble until justice roll down like water. Righteousness uh, like a mighty stream. Uh, we're gonna make trouble uh, until our children uh, are educated right. Uh, we're gonna make trouble uh, until the police uh, stop shooting and killing us. Uh, we're gonna make trouble uh, until resources uh, are equitably distributed. Uh, we're gonna make trouble uh, until you treat us uh, like the beautiful uh, black folk uh, that we are. Come on, James. Help me close this thing. Say it loud. Say it loud. Say it loud. This program has been underwritten by Gated Jazz. Gated Jazz. Hey, hey everybody, this is Walter from Gated Jazz presents Jonathan Butler. Yes, it's Jonathan Butler performing all of his hits. February 15th at City Stage, 150 Bridge Street, Springfield, Massachusetts. You heard me, Jonathan Butler at City Stage. Tickets are online at Gated Jazz presents Jonathan Butler Eventbrite.com or 413-206-9019. That's 413-206-9019. It's going to be a Gated Jazz party. Oh, yes. Hey, WTCC would like to thank Gated Gated Jazz for underwriting with us. This program has been underwritten by the Pastors Council of Greater Springfield. The Pastors Council of Greater Springfield cordially invites you to our annual Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Scholarship Worship Service. You can anticipate a wonderful worship experience led by the DMJ, United Voices of Praise, and a powerful and dynamic sermon by Bishop W. Darren Moore, presiding bishop in the AME Zion Church from Washington, D.C. The worship service will take place on Wednesday, January 15th at 7 p.m. at St. John's Congregational Church. We look forward to seeing you there Wednesday, January 15th at 7 p.m. WTCC would like to thank the Pastors Council of Greater Springfield for underwriting with us. This program has been underwritten by Mass Hire Springfield. Was your New Year's resolution to find a new job? Mass Hire Springfield Career Center has you covered with our Keeping Western Mass Working Job Expo. Thursday, January 16th, 4 to 7 p.m. at the Basketball Hall of Fame. Make good on that resolution. See recruiters from 40 businesses. Join Mass Hire Springfield Thursday, January 16th, 4 to 7 at the Basketball Hall of Fame. Look for the list of companies at MassHireSpringfield.org. MassHireSpringfield.org. WTCC would like to thank Mass Hire Springfield for underwriting with us. Ninety point seven 
WTCC. Good morning. Welcome. Welcomes, welcomes to the spoken word. 413-736-2781. Remember Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. City Hall, 11 o'clock a.m. MLK ceremony, flag raising, Greater Springfield NAACP. So, as protesters were marching in Iran, um, <laughs> the United States government has had the nerve to try to emerge as like the champion of human rights. Um, Trump and Pence and, you know, they're, they're out here talking about how the great Iranian people have been repressed for many years and Mike Pence is saluting them for rising up to demand freedom and opportunity and, you know, they're endorsing their uh, unalienable right to chart their own future and I mean you know all of these you know nice sounding platitudes um, that these guys are pontificating about the plight of the Iranian people but this should be a qualifier you know, when they're making such platitudes that, you know, th- th- this 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 notion of unalienable rights and charting their own course and 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 speaking out against repressed people and that that's void in America. That's void in Saudi Arabia and other places that America has interest in oil, money, arms deals, and could give a hamburger less about human rights. Um, You know, these noble phrases, what they really do is they highlight hypocrisy in America. Um, Just think about it for a moment. From police shootings to housing discrimination, uh, to lack of health care, to voter suppression, to the separation of children at the border, to the arrest of asylum seekers. Human rights in America are abysmal. America is no paragon of virtue to be on a soapbox pontificating and talking about, you know, human rights abuses in other places. She, she just don't have the right to do that. Um, I mean, there was a new report that examined human rights in the United States and around the world and the findings were disturbing because it found that America is doing abysmally in several key categories, including the right to freedom from extrajudicial killing, uh, 
the right to participate in government, the right to be safe from the state. Um, They promulgated 12 rights categories from freedom of the press to quality of life. Um, And it was measured by the Human Rights Measurement Initiative, which is a global nonprofit data analysis organization. And there are several areas in which the United States did strikingly poor in. Okay. Um, Which really undermines America's reputation for democracy and human rights. I told you last week that really America is now a dictatorship because you got a madman in the White House that Congress can't do a thing with. Not only can Congress not do a thing with them, um, the courts have been stacked in his favor. So even if Congress uh, takes um, him to court, he'll win in the court. So basically, he thumbs his nose and says, I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. America is a dictatorship. And it's not doing that well in the world when it comes to human rights. In fact, um, when compared with five other high-income um, organizations for economic cooperation and development countries, when you look at Australia, Mexico, New Zealand, South Korea, the United Kingdom, America performs worse than average on empowerment rights, like the right to participate in government, on the right to be safe from the state, I mean, it, it, it's a really sad state of affairs um, um, when America um, just basically is 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 doing so very poorly. Um, their empowerment score was four point nine out of ten. Did you hear what I said? 4.9 out of 10. Um, and it tells us that many people in America are not enjoying their civil rights and their political freedoms, according to the report. Um, America only got a score of 5.2 on a scale of 1 to 10 for freedom of expression. Okay? of experts said that journalists bear the brunt of risk. And half of them cited human rights advocates and people who protest or engage in nonviolent political activity as being at risk for having their right to free speech trampled on. And nothing is more evident um, about that than when we saw... um, when we saw uh, Trump trample on the rights of black athletes to peacefully protest. And, 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 you know, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, but that's what's so amazing is how in the world do you sit here and send out tweets and tell um, Iran, you know, not to repress their protesters don't kill your protesters. Don't repress them. Um, allow them the right um, to do what they do. But then at the same time, what you do is you try to suppress the rights 
of people in America to do the same thing. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yes, good morning. You know, uh, this thing about suppression is something I've been seeing for a long time in this country. And, of course, when you're talking about that dictatorship, uh, people have to realize, especially our our white brothers need to realize, when you're talking about separation and making you and I look bad, uh, who's going to look bad first? Because those are the people that supposedly right now have stuff and really not utilizing it right. And then you look at it where all of these senators, these congressmen that's been uh, so-called representing their people for 30, 40 years, going to lay down and, and suck brother Trump's thumb to have him do anything that he wants to do, and they realize and they think this country is going to survive. Um, that dictatorship that you're talking about, uh, and I've said right along that dictators uh, is formed when you got one person, one voice, and that's basically what we got. We're having here right here now. Now, who would who would be afraid of uh, calling the name a Pillsbury doughboy like Trump, growing up in the neighborhood in Springfield, anywhere else where, where around black people? So people have to realize they're going to have to stand up and then stand on their own two feet and realize that we have to do something about this country. Otherwise, we're going to be lost. So thanks a lot, sir, for your time. All right. Thank you for your call. 413-736-2781-413-736-2781 if you want to chime in on the discussion uh, this morning. Um, Experts have put people of particular races, uh, particularly African-Americans, at the top of its at-risk assessment, finding that people of color are least likely to have the right to participate in government. And that's due in large part to voter suppression, um, to uh, voter disenfranchisement for felons, um, for suppression efforts in Southern Republican-led states, like the passing of laws that restrict early voting, that purge people Uh, from voter rolls that require citizens to show ID, all of which disproportionately affect African-Americans, people with disabilities, among other non-white people. In the the category they call safety from the state, it involves uh, physical integrity rights, the right to freedom from arbitrary arrest, the right to not be stopped and frisked like they had in New York uh, for so many years that Mike Bloomberg thought was a great program and now he's got amnesia and doesn't remember what his position on stop and frisk were but we know what it was Um, uh, freedom from disappearance, execution torture when it comes to the right of freedom from execution the United States is only behind Saudi Arabia Think about that. We're right behind Saudi Arabia when it comes to executing our citizens. But Trump and Pence are beating their chest talking about human rights. I mean, in an age when the rest of the free world is renouncing or not enforcing the death penalty, we've got states in America still executing people. And then we've got extrajudicial killing 
in the United States. Um, and the extrajudicial murder of black people and other non-white people by police only ranks behind Mexico and Brazil. Think about that. Mexico, Brazil, United States are the three worst places in the world where police murder innocent people. But America is beating its chest talking about human rights. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yeah, good, good morning, Bishop. Um, I just want to say, you know, we got people that are dying to get into this country who risk their lives to get into this country. It's a beautiful country. It is a beautiful country. So I, I, I perceive uh, I perceive that I perceive that you're you're conflating. Uh, you're redirecting the conversation um, um, because see, it's not one or the other. It's not either America's a beautiful country um, or America has human rights abuses. America can be a beautiful country with human rights abuses. So you saying that did nothing to debunk the premise of my conversation today. Well, I think you're I, I think you're really overstating this human rights abuses. I mean, you, you, you've got a right to come on the radio and, you know, talk negative about the country. You've got a right to do that, and you're doing it, and you're not going to be arrested. How, 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 how am I overstating human rights abuse? So you're saying that the extrajudicial murder of black people by law enforcement is not a human rights abuse? Are you saying the separation policy and locking kids in cages is, is 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 not a human rights abuse. Are you saying that the disparities that exist in the criminal justice system, where if you take a white person and a black person or a person of color um, with the same background, same criminal background, same crime, that the white person will get either a lighter sentence or not go to jail, while the person of color will get a more severe sentence? Are you saying... These things are not human rights abuses, and because America is great and a nice country, that we should just ignore these things like they don't exist? No, but when you think about it, when you look at the big picture, I mean, okay, let's take one of the things at a time. Okay, you say kids locked in cages. First of all, nobody around the world does more humanitarian things than the United States, whether it be, uh, whether it be earthquakes, tragedies around the world. America is always the first one to step up, help. Donate. So let's start right. So, 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 and once again, once again, once again, what you're saying, what you're doing, is redirecting the conversation, and it, and wait, 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 and it does nothing to debunk what I'm saying because America can have people in the nation that are good people who do humanitarian efforts. I know people who do humanitarian efforts across the globe who are Americans all the time. That does not negate the human rights abuses that are taking place. There are people in Saudi Arabia who do humanitarian efforts. There are people in Mexico who do humanitarian efforts. So do we simply ignore the heinous things that are happening in those nations simply because you can use that as an argument for the goodness and altruism of the nation? Well, it's that. Let's take one of your issues. Let's take one of the issues, okay? Let's take the issue of uh, kids in cages, okay? So we've got people pouring over the border. Humanitarian crisis. And we do everything we can to 
feed them, clothe them, house them, give them diapers, and, and try to process their claims as best we can. <laughs> see, see, let's, let, 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 I, I feel you. I feel you. And I, I know where you're getting your narrative from. First of all, oh, first, really? first, first of all, first of all, uh, that's what's overstated. Pouring across the border. I mean, all of these brown people just pouring across the border. Listen, listen. It's amazing to me that when the conversation about immigration, and I got to take some more calls, when the conversation about immigration takes place, we focus on brown people pouring across the border. We don't say anything about undocumented uh, folk who come over here from Slavic nations, who come over here from Europe, who come over here from uh, Germany, who come over here from Canada. And there are literally tens of thousands of undocumented folk with white skin that y'all never say nothing about. We never hear anything about. Then their kids ain't locked in cages. They're not being deported. They're not being talked about. They're not being criminalized. They're not being demonized. But all of a sudden, across the southern border, because we got brown people from brown nations, we want to make it into a crisis at the border. I get that's a racist narrative. And I fully understand where that comes from. But nothing the caller said does anything to debunk the fact that in America we're notoriously third place behind Mexico and Brazil when it comes to murdering innocent citizens. It says nothing about the fact that America incarcerates more of its citizens than any other place on the planet. Any other place on the planet. Okay? It, it, it does nothing to debunk the fact that there are more guns in America than there are people. No other nation has a gun-to-people ratio like that. That there are more gun deaths that America does nothing about than any other nation in the world. That America can stop the distribution of romaine lettuce when four people die. That America can 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 uh, promulgate regulations uh, that deal with vaping when 30 people die, but when over 15,000 people a year die from guns, America says uh, it's not time to have that conversation about gun uh, laws. So I mean, you know. Let's be let's not be disingenuous in our debate about human rights issues. Let's not try to conflate the issue and say, you know, while America does such great things and America's a great nation and da 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 like that. Y'all thought America was a great nation when black people like me were in chains. Enslaved. You thought America was great then. You thought America was great when children were working in sweatshops so corporations could make money. You thought America was great when women were being suppressed and weren't allowed to vote. You thought America was great when it was colonizing other nations across the world, investing in apartheid in South Africa. That's the reason why a white man can rise to the presidency and and, and have um, 
uh, as his campaign slogan, make America great again, because there's not a time in America's history when white people didn't think America was great, regardless of how abysmal its human rights abuses were. So I'm not surprised that a white person would call me today and talk about how great America is in spite of its human rights abuses. Because y'all always think America is great, regardless of what it does to black and brown people. That's what whiteness affords you. That's the privilege that whiteness affords you. To think that America is always great, regardless of how she treats her non-white people. Regardless of what she does. And so here we are. And, 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 and here's my thing. Here's my thing. You know, I mean, Trump, who laments the lack of freedom in Iran, he's the same dude who traveled to Saudi Arabia to celebrate the magnificent kingdom of Saudi Arabia. He's the same dude who defended the prince in the murder and death dismemberment of an American citizen journalist. He's the same dude, you know, who defended Vladimir Putin. Um, But with Iran, he's threatening them. With Saudi Arabia, he brags about signing an arms deal. And so while Trump and Pence refused to take ownership for the inhumane conditions at border facilities, there are other nations that are recalibrating their views about America's reputation as a leader for human rights around the world. It's been tarnished, whether you like it or not, you know. Uh, because the inhumane treatment is not only harmful to the migrants that America is charged with protecting within its borders, it also hamstrings its ability to promote human rights abroad. It's hard to promote human rights abroad when other nations can point to human rights abuses right here in America. You know... Uh, and, and so, you, you know, that's that you got to understand black folk, you know, we we look at you with the side eye. When you stand on a soapbox pretending to be in support of protesters in Iran, when some of you same folk who are so gung ho about supporting protesters in Iran castigated, maligned black athletes who took a knee to protest the extrajudicial murder of black people in America. You same people claiming that you support protesters in Iran, you maligned the protesters in Ferguson and protesters in Baltimore and protesters in New York and protesters in Chicago and in other cities across America. Now, y'all can't have it 
both ways. You, you, you can't be standing up, rah, 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 God bless the Iranian people and people who protest repressive governments in other nations. But then when black and brown people protest the repression of the government in America, you try to label us as, as unpatriotic thugs and hoodlums. Y'all ain't going to have it both ways. Because we're going to call you out as the hypocrites that you are. No, y'all can't talk about God help people protesting in Iran. But you calling athletes who take a knee the N-word and talking about they're unpatriotic and talking about a flag and an anthem. An anthem whose third stanza literally makes light of the murder of enslaved black people. And a flag that supposedly represents the rights of those black people to protest. But y'all don't see how hypocritical that is. You want Iranians to have the right to protest, but not black people in America. Give me a break. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. I thought you had to take other callers. You know, you're free to leave the country anytime you want to. No, 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 hold up. No, 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 no. You're free to shut the hell up on my program. Now, let, let me tell you this, okay? Let me tell you this, mayonnaise marauder. Let me tell you this, pale skin. Let me tell you this, okay? Uh, I'm free to leave the country. That's the typical white supremacist racist moniker. And you just exposed yourself. No, you just exposed just You just exposed. No, shut up. I'm talking. Shut up. You just exposed yourself for the bigot that you are. Because that's the go-to phrase for white supremacists. You don't like it here. You're free to leave. Let me tell you about free to leave. My family has been here for seven generations. Okay? All right, dude? Seven generations. They were brought over here against their will and enslaved. Last time I checked, you can't return stolen goods. All right? We've been, my family has been here longer than most white families in America. Y'all got over here when grandmama came over from the old country. When granddaddy got here from Poland or Germany. Okay, And it's a lot of nerve of white folks whose families have been here for two generations, three generations, to tell black people who have been here for seven and eight generations that we can lead a country. No, this country was built on the blood, sweat, and tears of my ancestors. Who the hell are you to tell me that I need to leave it because I criticize it? Because one of the ways you show love is to critique, to criticize, to be honest about. This whole notion that, that you're unpatriotic unless, you know, if you, if you say anything negative about America, if you expose any of her flaws, if you critique her human rights abuses, if you say anything uh, that isn't completely 
complimentary about America. You're unpatriotic. No, you leave the country. My ancestors built this country. So you go back to Europe, going back to the caves that your trashy ancestors crawled out of, telling me I'm free to leave. No, you're free to get off my line with that racist foolishness. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, caller. All right, 413-736-2781. 413-736-2781. Yeah. Go back to Africa. That That's what you, you really wanted to call me the N-word is what you really wanted to do. That's what you really wanted to do. I can tell. You know, anytime you all come up with, with you're free to leave, you, you're exposing yourself for exactly who you are. 413-736-2781. How dare you tell me I can leave America when the wealth and the so-called greatness that you laud so much of America is only that way because you got 238 years of free labor in the cotton fields of America that built the wealth of America. The reason why people are dying to come here, the reason why your ancestors came here from Europe was because the wealth of America was built by my ancestors in the cotton fields. Learn your history before you come out your face with that mayonnaise talk. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm trying to tell you, man, these folk are something else. 413 736 2781. Trump's policy of separating children is humane. Telling is inhumane. Telling law enforcement that they should rough up suspects that have not been convicted of anything is inhumane. Uh, his whole administration has inhumane civil rights and human rights policies. And America is in no position, no position to preach to any other nation about human rights. I said what I said. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. <laughs> now y'all playing on the phone. <clears throat> um, the, when the president of the United States speaks about human rights, in denigrating ways, it undermines the nation as a whole. When the president praises the way Saddam Hussein killed terrorists, didn't read them their rights. When the president of the United States advocates for waterboarding, and when he hails the Philippine president uh, for his so-called unbelievable job on the drug problem, which was really the murder of thousands by vigilantes. When he extols Kim Jong-un as a smart, honorable 
man who loves his people, even though he imprisons tens of thousands of opponents in labor camps. How in the world can America then stand on a soapbox and talk about human rights? When asked about the murder of Russian journalists on Vladimir Putin's watch, when the president snaps back and says, well, I think our country does plenty of killing. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Come on, be serious. And then, then when we criticize America for what's documented, where there's infallible proof, where there's empirical evidence, because you have no legitimate defense of it, that's when you come out your face and say, if you don't like it, you can leave America. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning. I just want to say that uh, I think that Trump is the cult. You know, it's because they follow him blindly. They don't look at the history. They don't listen to what's happening today and how to treat people. And then some of them are hiding behind Christianity. Oh, and my goodness. That's a whole nother subject, but you're absolutely right. They, they, they're hiding about, behind Christianity and using Christianity as a cudgel um, to to beat into submission anybody who doesn't agree with them that Trump is the chosen one. Uh, he's, he's a cult. Remember uh, Jones and the, uh, the Branch Davidians? And you got the moon. You got cults come up now and then in history. And I think this guy's a cult bred on television. Absolutely. Thank you for your call. 413-736-2781. So, so not only that, um, let me... Um, talk a little bit about this before I, I get off the air. So the other day um, I tweeted something out and if you're not following me, you need to be. Um, um, go on and follow me on, on all my social media at Talbert Swan. Um, I, 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 I tweeted out that black women um, in essence were the most beautiful women um that they are the standards of beauty they are the mothers of civilization the queens of the universe etc and you wouldn't believe well maybe you would the backlash that i got from white folks about lauding the beauty of black women um I got, they all lives mattered, black women. I mean, literally. You know, it was all women are beautiful, not just black women. How dare you place black women above all other women? And I'm like, did y'all forget the history of America? Because y'all been placing white women as the standards of beauty and been placing them above all women ever since there's been an America. Some of y'all will be familiar with, with, with the study that was done years and years ago by psychologist Kenneth Clark and Mamie Phipps Clark 
in the in in the thirties and forties. They conducted the Dow test, uh, where they invited children to describe various dows. And black children across America consistently, though not entirely, but consistently identified black and brown dows as ugly, while describing white dows as pretty and nice. And although European designation of blackness as ugly has a long and complex history, it was within the context of modern slavery in the Americas, um, the late historian Stephanie Camp argued, that African and black bodies came to be seen as singularly and uniformly ugly, that America did such a job on us that we saw ourselves as ugly and whiteness as beautiful, which is why we started conking our hair and lightening our skin and trying to get different color eyes and perming our hair and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, when, when, when the transatlantic slave trade expanded and the New World colonies engineered their dependence on the life and labor of enslaved Africans, Europeans created theories to malign the culture and the beauty of African-descended people so that they could justify enslaving and, and exploiting them. Um, so they singled out cultural differences. They singled out physical traits like skin color, like hair texture. Um, white folks defined Africans and their descendants as grotesque and inferior and naturally suited for slavery. Um, they stereotype black women as Jezebel, as being lascivious and oversexed, and um, which excuse white men's sexual abuse and rape of black women and girls. This Jezebel stereotype basically erased the beauty, the attractiveness, the desirability of black women. And this white assault on black beauty was not just at the philosophical level. It wasn't just something that was that was far removed uh, from daily life. Slave masters and mistresses routinely shaved the heads of enslaved men, women, and children. They openly expressed revulsion at the sight of black hair. Um from 19th century children's books, minstrel shows ridiculed black hair as woolly, uh, you know, um, and, and that continued to, to what's now the ongoing good hair, bad hair binary that assigns hair with fewer kinks and coils as good hair. You know, devaluing black hair persists even among us today. Um, 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 castigating and maligning uh, black women for having wide hips and thick lips. Um, all of this was done to to malign black bodies, to to devalue the beauty of black people and black women uh, in particular. Good morning, caller. Hello, uh, Bishop Swan. Yes, you're on the air. Yes, sir. Um, 
I was listening to you just now, and you're talking about the skin color and the slavery. I, I kind of, um, I love what you say, and I don't like you on the radio. I don't like, I don't love for you to have a teaching, um, because it's so ironic. I, I got up this morning, and I was re- uh, studying the book of uh, Leviticus, when they tell you about the dark skin and the leprosy, and you know what I'm saying? And I, I don't like for you to have a program and maybe bring it to the people, you know, study that and make you know how we beca- we are so, um, people are uh, special. You know, I tell you about how the leprosy, if you have leprosy and if you get white, you go to the priest and you cannot uh, consider to be clean until they come back dark. But if the leprosy took over all your body and they become white, then the, 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 the priest have to uh, proclaim you as clean. But if you if your body became white and, and um, it, the, 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 the skin is, is raw, then you still have the leprosy. And I, and I wish we, we, nowadays I heard people preaching to you about people going to come and love us of themselves. I wish we black people would start to become lovers of ourselves. Mm. So we be nobody else. I, I, because we, we preach in church the negative part about lovers of yourself. If you love yourself, you don't want to be like nobody else. Okay, Bishop, I'm not going to keep the time up. Okay, sir? All right. Thank you for your call. Yeah. 413-736-2781. You know, like the colonialism and slavery context in which black, white, and ugly, beautiful binaries were created. Racialized beauty ideals are intertwined with the economic and political disenfranchisement of black people. And so black people are coming into their own now where we are rejecting Eurocentric standards of beauty. Black women are wearing their natural hair. Uh, We're in love with our natural eyes. um, 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 you know, we, we, we believe that black is beautiful. And all of a sudden, that's a problem. Uh, and, and it's amazing to me that simply tweeting out that black women are the mothers of civilization, the queens of the universe, the standards of beauty, um, just triggered so many white folks I, I, I mean it, 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 it was absolutely crazy um, uh, but you know uh, it is what it is and, and what you have to understand is me being pro-black does not make me anti anything else being pro-black does not make me anti-white White folks have been pro-white forever, but their pro-whiteness has been simultaneously with their anti-blackness. And that's the reason why they interpret your pro-blackness to mean that you have to be anti-white. But the last time I checked, there's no history of us ever oppressing white folks. So why are you intimidated when black folks speak well of themselves. What is intimidating about me saying black women are beautiful, you know, without qualifying it and saying all women? No, I meant what I said when I said black women are beautiful because they are. All right. I got to get out your way. Listen, Wednesday, 11 o'clock, 
11 o'clock a.m. City Hall, 30 Court Street, room 220, our MLK uh, ceremony, flag raising will take place. And then the MLK Pastors Council service will take place that evening at 7 at St. John's Congregational Church. If you're looking for a place to worship, check us out at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ. 35 Alden Street, Springfield, Massachusetts. The Brick Church right there at Six Corners. 7 a.m. prayer, 9.30 Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship. Um, Wednesday nights, Bible study at 7 p.m. Go to our website, 413hope.org, or check us out on social media. All kinds of ways that you can connect with us. Love to see you come by and visit us. I'm going to play a little bit of Dr. King. Got to do that before I get out of here because MLK holiday is coming up. The official holiday is on Monday the 20th. However, his birthday is this Wednesday um, the 15th. I'll be right back to close out. I wouldn't have had a chance later that year in August to try to tell America about a dream that I had had if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been down in Selma, Alabama to see the great movement there if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been in Memphis to see a community rally around those brothers and sisters who are suffering. I'm so happy that I didn't sneeze. And they were telling me. Now it doesn't matter now. It really doesn't matter what happens now. I left Atlanta this morning and as we got started on the plane, there were six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we are sorry for the delay, but we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane, and to be sure that all of the bags were checked, and to be sure that nothing would be wrong on the plane, we had to check out everything carefully, and we've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got into Memphis, and some began to say the threats. I talk about the threats that were out. Uh, what would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers? Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over, and I've seen 
the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. All right, Springfield. Listen, it's been my pleasure. Always good to be with you guys. Every one of y'all who's streaming in, catching us on our social media platforms, all that kind of stuff. Mrs. Cynthia Butler is in the studio. She's coming up next with um, mid-morning jazz and great black music. So you want to keep it locked right here at 90.7 WTCC. Uh, I'm going to play my outro, but here's a little bit of my son, T-Swan. Y'all need to check his music out. Get him anywhere you stream, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, all that stuff. This is from his latest project called Soul Food. This one's called Oh My God. If there's rules to this game, I might have to bend the law. Killing all rappers who be faking who they really are. I'm coming after all them till I fall. I got the folk like, oh my God, yeah. Keep going hard, yeah. Flowing all, every track showing off, yeah. I hear most of y'all sounding so bizarre, so. Now I'm texting everyone who wrote me off, yeah. All of my homies stars. We gotta make everybody know we are. Oh my God, lately I've been going hard. Oh my God, gotta treat this like it's life or death. They throwing salt on the kid when I'm not even icy yet. This is just a sample for people who haven't tried me yet. Remedy for the industry, minus bad side effects. Was down before, now I'm up next. I don't even own a watch, I damn sure don't have time to flex. I'm barely out my mama's nest, I carry so much on my chest. Got Donald up in office, we've been salty since Obama left. I'm dealing with all kind of stress, I vowed to change the game. I need to make sure that's a promise kept. I'm working till I'm out of breath, no, it ain't just about a check. Got pressure breathing down my neck, your favorite rapper sound a mess. My crew, the truth, don't doubt the set, and I don't see a lot of threats. Four or three, I got a rep. I know a lot of cats who rap, but most of the time I'm not impressed. And I don't mean to sound like all the salty, all this talking about the market ain't the same. So I can explain why I'm not popping. Say his name, Tommy Yancey. Say his name, Tommy Yancey. Say his name, Tommy Yancey. Say his name.